What is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Draft Joe podcast with myself, Nolsey, and my co-host, Jaxie. Hope you're all keeping well after that absolute train wreck of a game week. Luckily, in the draft, you might have actually done well. I know in normal FPL, a lot of people are giving out, saying, I only got this, I only got that, I want to hit my wild card, feck this game. It might have been the same case in the draft, but at least some people might have returned. Beauty of this is that someone has to return, some players have to return, and hopefully they were on your draft team. We're going to continue today's episode as always. We're going to look through the key points that we saw from this game week. We're then going to look through each team and each game, analyze starting lineups, was there any rotation, key points, yellow cards, everything that you need to know. Talk through your questions that you have sent in regarding player suggestions, player benchings, trades. Sort out your trade dilemmas and give an in-depth analysis of every team. How they're going in terms of their defence and their attack. Teams to target, looking at their fixtures and looking at rotation. Rotation is massive this week, so we felt we needed to do a podcast on essentially every team. Who's playing, who might play and how Europe might affect them. We're also going to release an episode on Thursday, which is just going to be our waivers. A lot of the information that we talk about here today will influence our waivers. So listening to this, you will get a more rounded better understanding of why we've chosen these players so on thursday listen to our podcast just before the waivers get in so you'll have an advantage over everyone else so hopefully we can give you all the information to make the best decisions possible that if you don't see or fancy a player on the waiver based on what you hear today you might actually make a decision yourself we always say three main things that we look for and you can look for two fixtures stats and eye test As I said, it was a very poor game week for a lot of people in FPL. But don't let that get you down. It was the first game week back after international break, so there was loads of rotation. I looked at a lot of draft teams and I seen two, three zeros. Players not getting minutes. Players that you thought were going to get minutes. Get one pointers. Don't jump the gun. Right, this is only a very... We're still on a very small sample size. Five game weeks gone. So don't let that factor into your decisions i know it's tuesday today and we're just on the back of a game week let it settle let yourself watch europe and then come and make your decisions based on suggestions we gave you yeah a lot of people are jumping the gun a little bit now and letting their emotions get the better of them in my t12 group people are saying anyone wants sterling or anyone want Martinelli, I want to get rid of him. Or even Chilwell, it's like anyone want to take these players off my hands. And me looking at this, I'm like, these are prime players. I'd love to have these in my team. And people are just saying they want to get rid of them. So their valuation is rock bottom at the moment. So maybe take a couple of days to digest the weekend a little bit more before you make any, any rash decisions. And a lot of the decisions today will be based on whether you're playing a half season or a full season. I know in the T12 we play half season, majority of people would play full season. So as we said, it's only two or three game weeks. If you're holding these players long term, they're probably going to reap more uh, points than you think or than you or they have gotten in the last two or three game weeks. So don't, don't jump the gun. Listen up and we'll tell you all you need to know. <laughs> so the key points that we found from this game week, obviously the number one thing was rotation. Loads and loads of teams rotating because of Europe and just in general we're going to go through each team look at who started who didn't start and who might be in for a start in the coming game weeks yellow cards there was 48 yellow cards and two red cards so it was a massive factor I know a lot of big players got yellow cards very very frustrating is that something we were will monitor try to avoid void players that might be inclined to get yellow cards I know usually we'd be looking at centre defender midfielders left backs right backs but Everyone got yellow cards this weekend. Maybe it's something we just can't avoid. Um, clean sheets then as well. That was one thing that I noticed. Newcastle kept a clean sheet and so did Arsenal. Were there any other teams that kept a clean sheet in the whole game week? Because we did mention in previous episodes that if you're picking a defender, you're not really looking at defender for a clean sheet now. You're looking at a defender for attacking returns. Um, so it's very limited um, in defenders at the moment and Fulham got a clean sheet now that I'm thinking about it. and we had them down at 44% so sometimes the stats do work out I know we said Fulham did not pass the eye test when we were given suggestions last week we said they've good fixtures 
They had the statistics for clean sheets last week with 44%. They didn't pass the eye test, but as we said, two out of three are fairly good. Thank God they actually worked out. So hopefully we'll continue with that vein in the future and the statistics do help us. And then we're going to look at new players, how they got on the league and are they going to be starting? Did they start? Did they return? We'll look at all of that in today's episode. I'm going to start it off and look at Wolves versus Liverpool. We had a fairly standard Wolves team apart from a couple of changes. Normal teams, Sa, Samedo, Dawson, Kilman, Nori, Joe Gomez, Lamina, uh, He Chang Wang, Belgard, Neto and Cunha up top. So Belgard was a new addition, played very, very well. Didn't rack up too many stats, but he was one of the instigators for Wolves playing very, very well in that first half. If we look at the key players for Wolves, Semedo accumulated 0.24 XGI. He could be a very good option for next week's game versus Luton. He looked very attacking. I know he got a yellow card and he is a yellow card merchant, but might be a decent option. Eight Nori got injured and Bueno came on for him. It Nori looks like he probably will miss the next game week. So Bueno might be an option if you're looking to get into that Wolves defence. But Dawson and Kilman are shoe-ins. Neto looked extremely good in the first half. Probably best player on the pitch. Yeah. And he has, he has four assists. He got another, another assist this week. So he's up at four assists. Accumulated 0.73 ex- expected assists. Played 90 minutes and is on corners. Whipped in some great corners. In terms of our rotation... Um, he Chang Wang played 60 minutes. Cunha got whipped at 60 minutes as well for Silva. So I don't think Wolves have really figured out who they want up top. And both of them don't look like the best options. Cunha very, very fast. Silva is a very good footballer. But they're not putting them away. They don't have um, um, a massive attack force. They only accumulated 0.63 expected goals over the whole game. They had only two shots on target as well and conceded 2.52 expected goals. So, Wolves look like a decent outfit in the first half. I still think our only main options in terms of attacking are Neto. Cunha, if you want to fill that striker spot, you probably have a better striker or a worse striker to fill that spot with. And Semedo as an attacking right back if you're looking into that defence. In terms of Liverpool, we had a good bit of rotation, actually. Um, Gomez played white right back and was very poor. I don't expect him to start the next day. I think it's a toss-up between Matip and Kanata, who's going to be returning. Van Dijk is back from suspension. Robbo got his goal. And they had a young Kwanzaa centre-back. Now he came off a cramp. I don't expect him to play again. But it was, was a decent option. McAllister, extremely poor. Yellow card and whipped. He was why Liverpool were so bad in the first half. Sabajlai was a lot deeper. Um, Salah was typical Salah. Looked out of the game for periods of uh, periods of it, but obviously got two assists. Could have got third if it wasn't a deflection. Loads of touches in the opposition box. And obviously is an option going forward. Then you come to your players that you don't know what you're going to do with. Gakpo, goal, but extremely poor. Don't let this goal, if you own if you own Gakpo or you want to get him in, don't let this goal change your mind. I think it's the, still the same situation with Gakpo. He got whipped and he was just extremely lucky to score that goal. He was actually getting taken off before he scored it. Nice to get a little return, but I still think we're in the same position. We'll talk about him later on. Jota didn't even make it to 60 minutes. Another question about him later on. So our big rotation in Liverpool is mainly at the back obviously up top as well Luis Diaz came on at half time and he was the difference if I had to pick any player up top apart from Salah Luis Diaz looks like the best option for Liverpool I think if he consistently starts he's going to be the next best best option might be nice to get a trade over the line if you think he's going to get in there consistently because his minutes don't look that great on paper but I think in reality he could be one of Liverpool's best attackers this year Trent should be back soon. He's at 25%. Might be an option for game week six, but probably after that. And they still look leaky. In the first half, they looked very leaky, but pulled it together in the second half. So, as we said, Wolves playing Luton next. Then they have a couple of tough fixtures in City and Villa, but then are followed by Bournemouth. So, maybe good for a one-week punt. I wouldn't rely on them attackingly unless it's Neto. 
Liverpool, on the other hand, after they play West Ham and Spurs and Brighton, they have Everton, Forest and Luton. So three very good fixtures, both in terms of defence and attack. Again, the main players I'd be looking at would probably be Salah, Luis Diaz. I know Sabajla was a bit deeper, but might be another way into that Liverpool attack because he's the most nailed out of them top six. Curtis Jones played 90 as well. Was relatively high up the pitch, but... Um, yeah, I think there's probably better options than Curtis Jones. I know you mentioned McAllister had a leaky game. I just looked, I seen during the week, the Argentina played Bolivia in the international um, in the international games on the 13th of September. So it was only a couple of days before the weekend. Altitude meant to be very high on Bolivia. <laughs> so apparently he was carrying a bit of a sickness or he wasn't 100%. Like he did have... He had a chronic game. I think it was all on the head more than the body. Yeah, so that could that could be the reason why he's such a bad game. But yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be I looking think, at McAllister. I think a lot of people thought he might be a decent pick at the start of the year on penalties. Would it be a bit forward? He was extremely deep and extremely poor, so I'd be staying away from McAllister. Next game we're going to look at is the Newcastle Brentford game. Now Newcastle won this one 0 with a Callum Wilson penalty penalty came from a sloppy mistake by Flecken. Flecken looked extremely dodgy in this game. Gave away um, a goal earlier on in the game but was actually disallowed. Um, apparently Wilson pushed Flecken but it was still very sloppy by Flecken. Um, the goal for the penalty came from Anthony Gordon. So Anthony Gordon was very dangerous again causing a lot of trouble. So just taking more of a, a look at the Newcastle team first. Back four same as usual the same strong back four they have some really good fixtures coming up as well like Sheffield Burnley West Ham Palace and then Wolves as well so I think Newcastle have some of the best fixtures on paper at the moment so if you could get a defender from that Newcastle side but it would be extremely difficult at the moment in terms of rotation now like Newcastle as we all know are playing in the Champions League um, that's coming back this weekend Newcastle only brought on one player at the weekend, uh, Miggy Almiron, who only played seven minutes. So like, just basing off this, if Newcastle players do play, they will get a lot of minutes. But if they don't, they mightn't get any minutes at all. So it could be worth taking a punt for them and then getting those minutes. And if they don't play, well, then you won't get the points for them and your sub will come on for them. So I was just thinking here, maybe worth a punt for some Newcastle players. The likes of Harvey Barnes, who is on my waiver at the moment. He played 83 minutes for Newcastle. A few other things to note. Yellow card, Gordon, he is a bit of a whore for a yellow card. He's a very aggressive player, so he is liable to get it. That's just the type of player he is. Bruno Gamares got a yellow card as well. Um, he did get very close for a header. Probably should have scored it. Um, moving on to Brentford's team then. So... Yeah, I said it already. Flecken was extremely dodgy. Like I did think Brentford's defence was very strong. And going forward, Brentford's fixtures have Everton, Forest, Dodgers of them all, then United next, and then Burnley. So Brentford do have some very good fixtures and a high possibility of a clean sheet. So their defence, the likes of Hickey, um, you know, Rico Henry's out injured, Pinnock, Ben Mee and Collins could be very good picks. The only drawback is I see flecking in the goals. Besides that then, we have their midfield. The usual midfield is last year, but Jensen played a full 90 minutes. So if you are stuck for a defender, you're looking for a stalwart player who's going to play 90 minutes, could get you three points, could get you five points in a game week. Jensen is there. They had a lot of rotation as well. We know that Rico Henry's out injured. So Rorslev actually came in for Rico Henry. The Last point that I will note on that game is Neil Maupin. So Neil Maupin played for Everton, recently signed now for Brentford. He came on, he only played 18 minutes, but he didn't come on for uh, Wissa or Mbomo up top. He actually came on for uh, one of the midfielders. Uh, he came on for Yanelt or Norgaard, one of the two. So if you are stuck for a striker, Maupin is there. I wouldn't be holding my breath on him. But if you are stuck for even a third striker to bring him in, Neil Mope, um is available there. Moving on quickly to the Fulham versus Luton Town match. Thankfully, we got a clean sheet from our Fulham boys. 
Leno is, I think him and Neto are the top two goalkeepers for our points this year so far. And we talked about that when we talked about the importance of having a poor keeper that makes saves. So Neto is still reaping them rewards. I know he only got a six pointer, but he had two saves. If we talk about our options for Fulham, Tete played. We thought Robinson would play, but Robinson picked up an injury. So Tete played right back and Castagne played left back. Castagne also picked up some bonus points as well, so he could be a good player going forward. He had one shot blocked. Uh, he had a, also a shot outside the box as well. 0.1 XG. I think that was from that shot. Um, and played very high up the pitch. Tete is another option if Robinson stays, in, uh, yeah, stays injured. Um, 0.23 expected goal involvements and had a shot inside the box. It was a header. It was He was disappointed he missed it. Uh, we had a small bit of rotation with Fulham. Willian actually started instead of Cordova-Reeve um, and played well as well. So they have two fairly decent wingers that could come in there. I think Willian now will be the first choice now that he's back from injury. But they don't have great fixtures, so I still wouldn't really be looking at them in the long term. In three game weeks time, they have Sheffield and that's about it. Raul Jimenez was so poor. Um, yeah. Backed up his lack of stats from last week. Vinicius came out and got the goal. So maybe they'll stick with like the informed striker. Vinicius always seems to get something when he does play. Yeah. He could be one of those. You never really want to start him. But could be an option if they decide next week. Right. We'll go with the striker that's scoring. They are playing Palace next week. I don't know. I wouldn't be holding my breath as you said on, on Fulham attackers. So, um, the main points, I suppose, Pereira had a 0.35 expected assists and is on corners and whipped in some fabulous corners. Iwobi, again, not really an FPL pick, but made things happen when he came on. So, if he gets a bit higher up the pitch and he stays playing 70, 80 minutes, might be an option in the future. Luton had only 22% possession against a Fulham side that are struggling this year, so... Yeah, Luton have that game week 7 coming up, but apart from that, you'd be looking at players that are playing Luton every week. 22% possession. Now, they did accumulate 1.1 expected goals against Fulham. Fulham had less than that, 0.96, so they had some good chances. In fairness, they had some good chances, and they are a big aerial team. They're like that, you know, they're, they, they'll, they'll knock it down and they'll want set pieces. So, if you are looking at maybe a Luton player... There is a couple of options for that game week 7. Kabore started and played very well. 0.4 expected goal involvements. Bell on the other had, on the other side had um, a big chance missed. 0.25 expected goals. Two of them are good options going forward. Uh, the three centre-backs are not bad. Burke got rotated. But Anderson and Lockyer might be. If you want just some piece of that game week 7, double game week might be worth a punt for let's say a header from a corner but that's about it for game week for game week 6 though just checking here Luton have a 25% chance of a clean sheet that's more than I thought <laughs> I think yeah they've Forest have 7 I suppose they're playing City but yeah Luton I wouldn't if you are getting them in it would be for that double game week it yeah. wouldn't be for the next and then that's probably it game week 9 they do play Forest if you wanted them for that maybe um, Kabori was good yeah he was probably the pick of the defenders he whipped in a great ball for Brown who hit the post so could have had a return but again probably down to that game week 7 the last point I have is that Morris got whipped I think it was 74 minutes around that he got whipped he had a great chance um, but he had it with a left foot and just looked a small bit awkward on the left foot but if he's really really in our thoughts for game week 7 You'd like to think he'd be playing at least 75 minutes, 90 minutes every day. I'd be worried about their players up top um, getting rotated. Because as we know, with, with a struggling side, it doesn't have to be the likes of Luton, it could be any struggling side, they're going to make changes. Now, I'm not saying Morris is going to get rotated, but a lot of the other ones might get rotated as well. But the players that came on weren't very good. Dohi, do, Dohi, do, I don't know how to say his name. He came on for Brown. 9 touches Adebayo 8 touches Ogbene 10 touches so they're getting very little of the ball chances of scoring are very very low if at all and as I said a manager will probably look to change things until he finds something that works if they're struggling obviously all the fans are not just going to say ah well stay with the same players the players we like they're going to be rotating so even the likes of Morris got rotated 
if you're looking at game week seven, make sure that we're looking at players that you know are nearly nailed. The likes of Bell, Kabora could be back in there nailed. Um, and you'd like to think Morris, but the rest are open for rotation. Next one it was actually another clean sheet in this game. I forgot about it. It was Chelsea and Bournemouth. Oh yeah, there's two of them. Yeah, so that finished nil all, dead rubber of a game. Few things to note: Chelsea played four at the back in this game with a lot of FPL fans <laughs> devastated in the mud when they saw that Chilwell was benched, and he came on and got a yellow card, uh, so he got zero zero returns this week. Few other things to note on the Chelsea team: Mudrick started the game. Connor Gallagher was captain of the team as well. In terms of Chilwell, I wouldn't be hesitant or wouldn't be jumping the gun just yet on Chilwell. They just changed things up. They started Mudrick playing four at the back. I do still think personally, if I had Chilwell, I'd be looking to keep him. Um, there was a question about Chilwell later on, and I suppose we can answer it now. I'd be holding Chilwell if. I saw someone wanted to trade him, I'd be getting him. As we said, it's a whole season. In normal FPL, everyone might be getting fed up with him because they can change him out and they can get him back. But if no one wants to trade Chilwell, you can't get him for the season. And if someone does, you can have him for the next 32 games. And I guarantee over the next 32 games, you're going to be happy that you took him. So I wouldn't be jumping the gun with Chilwell. I still think his stats are good. Um, Pochettino said after the game that yeah, Mudrick started, but he needs to learn the role. And Chilwell probably plays that role better. Colwell played more of a left-back. Played played very well. Mm-hmm. 0.26 expected goals. Disallowed goal as well. Disallowed goal. So he did play well. I'm not saying he's going to be the left-back, uh, orthodox left-back all the time. But again, Chelsea are struggling, so there probably will be a rotation until they find out what works. Hopefully Chilwell is in that system. I, I find it hard to believe that he'll leave him out. It could have been a completely different story for Chilwell as well. He whipped in a lovely ball in for Jackson and then Jackson just mishit it. Like that's another thing I have down here. Like Jackson was just a flop. He again. four his four yellow cards this season. And if he gets another one, he's banned. So one of the questions was a warning to Chilwell. Or sorry. To Jackson. To Jackson. Um, I don't know. On form. Yeah. You're gonna have to go with that. hundred percent I'd be looking at a warning, but people won't get rid of him. I don't think it'd be very hard to get a warning from somebody. Um you wouldn't get Jackson for him. Can't imagine it. Can't it's it's going to be very hard for someone to think, right? I'm going to um, think in advance here and just assume Awoni's just going to stop playing the best football of his life and Jackson's going to start. So that's kind of a. It's 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 made the decision for it that, well, one's attacking or returning all the time. One plays for a poor team and seems to can't finish. So I'd actually, I never thought I'd say this at the start of the season <laughs> Awoni over Jackson. Yeah, 100%. Um, a few other things yeah we mentioned Colwell disallowed goal Raheem Sterling on free kicks hit a cracking free kick did hit the post so he didn't return as much as we would have liked but he still looked very dangerous still had those glimpses he did have a lot of chances his finishing just wasn't up there so if I did have have Sterling I'd be looking to keep him if I didn't I would be looking to get him into my team Connor Gallagher then as well, I wanted to make a point of that. Played very well, did get into some good positions and had a 0.44 expected goal involvements. So if you're looking for another stalwart player to put into your team that more than likely would be playing week in, week out. And with the chance of returning as well, Connor Gallagher could be a punt for your team. Wouldn't be holding my breath on him. But if you were lacking in your team, like looking at some some lads' teams in my group, they have a few players that aren't playing and uh, yellow flags over them and things like that. If your team is in the mud a little bit, Conor Gallagher could be someone to stabilise your team yeah. a little bit. Um, then a few other things to note is Cole Palmer played. Cole Palmer, he only played 27 minutes, but he did look did look decent when he did play could have supplied Sterling with a better ball for an assist so on another day it could have been a Palmer assist and Sterling goal on another day of the week but it just didn't happen now on the Bournemouth team not much to note on it Neto had a fantastic game for Bournemouth in goals or yeah for Bournemouth in goals no Semenyo on the team so he didn't didn't even get didn't even get a game 
and then Altara got a couple of chances didn't finish him he was whipped after 63 minutes as well so I wouldn't be he, he looked decent did you think I thought he looked okay man I thought Altara actually looked uh, lively enough but again there will be rotation um, thing came on Sinistera came on and didn't look great yeah. but I think all of them will be given their chance to Tara so I think we have to wait another game week or two and see yeah. how it settles down but it's hard to look at it their next two game weeks are Brighton and then Arsenal so that's actually good we have two game weeks to not even think about it they're yeah. playing Everton Wolves and then Burnley and at that point so, we can decide okay who's playing who's a good option yeah actually that's a great point just use the next two game weeks to maybe take a back seat and assess with that a little bit more um, and then you have a better idea when they have their three green games as you'd say Everton, Wolves and Burnley Chelsea their fixtures they're I, I don't know what to make Chelsea at the moment they are in that transition period so they are playing Villa at home and then they have Fulham Burnley and Arsenal Villa I'm, I I don't know what's your what's your two cents on even Chelsea as a whole I think the only player that I'm thinking of Apart from Sterling is Gusto um, because Gusto will be on a lot of waivers. He will probably get the next two or three games if Chilwell's not back. I suppose they do play... Who did they play? Aston Villa. And? Fulham, Burnley. And then so Arsenal. if you want Gusto for the Fulham, Burnley two games and you think James is not back, might be a good shout. Sterling, in terms of attacking, seems like the only player. When I watched that game, he looked like the most attacking player in the best positions. Looked on it the rest of the people not so much apart from Conley Gallagher he played okay Enzo was a bit deeper again we always said that he sets up the play yeah. he's not he actually he's racking up unbelievable underlying stats but just not finishing it and they're coming to the end of them very good fixtures and going into a couple of hard fixtures which it's very hard to predict who's going to do well so again I think I'd let the Chelsea team settle down see who's playing see who's playing well and possibly maybe getting gusto and if Sterling's undervalued and you want to get him in for someone else, I think that's a good option. Is there just taking Jackson into consideration here? Four yellow cards, another one, he's suspended. Is Broya the striker who will come in for Jackson? Because Jackson played the full 90. We haven't seen someone come in yet. Yeah, that's true, actually. Could Sterling go up top? Could Broya come in? I don't know if he's going to be a, a, a fantastic option for Chelsea. They don't. They, their their squad is very thin. I think they have twelve injuries on injury experts. So I don't know. I think I'd I just let them settle and see how they go. Yeah. In terms of Villa, so they're playing Villa next week. Um, the same people are coming to the f- forefront for Villa. Matty Cash racking up numbers and a yellow card. He's just a meme this year. Like he looks like he's going to be an unbelievable option, but then gets a yellow uh, or minus one. But I still think he's Lucas Digna. Yeah, but season. I still think he's going to come good. Zero point six eight expected goal involvements with two shots off target. Total of zero point seven two expected goal involvements. Uh, load of touches inside the opposition box. So I still think with Villa's good fixtures coming up after Chelsea, Brighton, they have Wolves, West Ham, so so, Luton, Forest, and Fulham. So if you get a Fulham or sorry a Villa player over the line now where some people see they have a couple of tough fixtures you are going to have four definitely three very good fixtures in the future in terms of rotation Lucas Digne could be under threat from Alex Moreno who is back in training and in with a shout was in with a shout last week I think but would definitely with a shout game week six other players to note would be Diaby what a baller I would be oh, I'd love to have this man in my team I know you'd only need 0.45 expected goal involvements, but got an assist and got a disallowed goal. He took the goal unbelievably. One touch and then finish from it, like over the top ball. What a baller. He's a joke. Yeah, I think he's going to really, really... Uh, Villa have the second highest expected goals apart from City this season. So I think they're going to score goals. In terms of defence, I think they're a small bit leaky, but again, them poor teams, you'd like to think they have a chance. So I'd be looking at cash and I'd be holding... Digne or Moreno to see what happens there the other two players are obviously Diaby and Watkins I know Watkins might be frustrating but he's very consistent and it's racking up numbers four shots two on target hit the post won the penalty one big chance missed so like on another day as Jaxie says could have been an 11-12 pointer Watkins if you have him I'd probably still hold 
I wouldn't be getting rid of him because if you're getting five and six points on a draft, fantastic, delighted. Especially with Europe and all the rotation coming up. I do think Watkins is still nailed, even though he will be playing in Europe. Yeah, I think he is still nailed, but he could be... I don't know if he's under threat or other people are under threat. Um, Zaniolo played and got substituted for um, Bailey, but Duran came on and banged an absolute worldie. And we talked about him a couple of game weeks ago. He had like 10, 15 minutes. But I think the way he's playing when he comes on, banging goals. He could be in with a shout of maybe possibly playing up top with Watkins. I don't think he takes Watkins' spot because, as I said, he's still racking up the numbers. But Duran, if you want to go early on this man and you have an injured striker, I think he could be a nice one to have on the bench. Especially if he decides, okay, Duran's good enough to play in the Premier League and Watkins might play in um, in Europe. I know often we might see the opposite, the second choice striker play in Europe, but I think they really want to go for it. It's not like... Um, Emery's notorious as well for European leagues. That's true, actually. That is very true. So he might want to go all out and put Watkins in there. So Duran might be um, an option going forward. In other news, Douglas Luiz unfortunately is on penalties full-time. So as a Watkins owner in normal, that's not good. And as someone who hates Douglas Luiz, <laughs> that's not good. Um, so if you want a player that just takes penalties on your team but could get a yellow card and mightn't do much more, Walk- or Luis Diaz. Luis Diaz? Douglas. Douglas Luiz uh, is the man. Yeah, so he could get could get you eight points or he could get you one point. I think it's just a flip of a coin what happens. And the thing about Douglas Luiz, if he's a penalty taker, you just have to start him every day. You can't predict when they're going to get a penalty. So, um, yeah, if you want someone like that in your team, playing Chelsea and you're starting them, but it could get a one-pointer, there's an option. Uh, personally, I like to stay away from someone like that. But yeah. On my waiver, he has the second most points of any player on my waiver at the moment. Which is hard to believe. Yeah, it's like he's he is racking up the points there. Yeah. So. Yeah, don't let uh, us deceive you. Yeah, maybe it's just my preconception of Douglas DeWeese. Same. That's why I don't want him on my team. He's never really been a a top, top FPL player. Um, And I probably have other players, more exciting players over him. And that's the way I like to play it. Maybe you want to play safe. It is Europe time. And we've seen a lot of players probably lose because they had players that they thought were going to play and didn't. So if you want someone that's nailed, possibly on penalties, to, as you said, stabilise your team, might be an option in terms of our Palace team same options one main option that might come to fruition is Mateta who came on for Ayu who is 75% he got a dead leg so might be a doubt for next week Mateta gave a great assist to Edward who is balling out four goals this season and a great finish so he is a nailed Palace starter striker which we haven't said that in probably two years Last season we thought he might get in there, but he didn't rotate with Mateta. But anytime they've played together, they've played well. Eze, as usual, racking up the underlying stats. Again, he's going to come good. He's got one goal already. I'm predicting he's going to get 10 plus this season. Um, He's definitely going to get 10, 12, maybe 15 goals and assists. That is my prediction. So hold him. Hold him or get him in um, for maybe someone who thinks he's undervalued. What I noted from Palace was a lack of depth. If you look at their bench, Mateta was probably the only attacking player that could come on. So if you hold the likes of Eze or Edward, um, that's good news because they're probably going to be nailed for 90 minutes. And they are not in Europe, which is massive this season. Edward is balling out this year. Yeah, good baller. I like him. There's also some nice fixtures sprinkled in there for Palace. Fulham next week. United, Forest. Newcastle, Spurs, Burnley. So the, out of the next six, they have three nice fixtures. Could be nice to get one of these players in for a couple of them fixtures. If you think they're going to keep clean sheets, Ward is nailed right back and missed a big chance. Not usually the one to get forward, but him or Mitchell might be a good shout. Anderson still racking up underlying stats. Um, 0.19 expected assists. So still providing some good balls through good lateral balls over the top for strikers. Next up is the Arsenal and Everton game. So that finished 1-0. Everton did, did play did play well, very good defensively, just up against that Arsenal side who are playing very good football at the moment. Few things to note from the lineup. Fabio Vieira got the start. Did play very well. Um, he got an assist, was disallowed. So he did get the nod over Havertz. Now Arsenal in Europe as well. This could mean Fabio Vieira will be getting more minutes. He was a bit wasteful with the ball. 
but he did have glimpses of uh, good talent. So Fabio Vieira is one to watch for, for myself. Other things to note then is Martinelli got injured after 24 minutes. So I think it's the hamstring injury for him. So that meant Jesus came on. What that also means then is Trossard could also get more minutes going forward. So I have Trossard down. He could be a good pick just based on the fact of Martinelli's injury and Europe. And Trossard scored the goal as well. Yeah. As well as that, Ben White. I had a few notes down on him. <sighs> Just because he was balling out, getting really high up the pitch, getting some shots in, um, whipping the ball in as well. So Ben White, if you do have him, he's a great player to have. Me personally, even in normal FPL, I'd be thinking of getting Ben White in. And then taking a look at the Everton team. Now, as I mentioned, Everton were very unlucky not to get the win. Their defence did play very well. And their upcoming fixtures are quite fruitful for Everton. They play Brentford away, but then they have Luton. Bournemouth and then Liverpool just, so just looking at their defence Ashley Young played 87 minutes so if I was a betting man I would like to bring in Ashley Young into my team as well as that Dominic Calvert-Lewin is back in the team after his head knock he did only play 24 minutes but he is back he is there if you are in need of a striker Dominic Calvert-Lewin could be your man he could be injured again after one yeah, game yeah probably they play one more game gets injured that's DCL for you he will break your heart but we all know he's a fantastic striker and Beto the commentator for Optus Sport when Beto came on was ah oh, he's he's a great player you know he he runs hard he tackles hard he's, he's, an, he's an aggressive player not what like, you want to hear from a striker not what you want to hear from a striker like I don't know much about Beto but the offer. <laughs> I don't think he's going to score like 10 goals a season yeah so if DCL is there take a look at him as I mentioned they have some decent fixtures with Luton at home and Bournemouth at home in two and three weeks respectively unfortunately on to United versus Brighton I'm going to be very quick here United shite um, the only possible options are obviously Rashi and Bruno I think Rashi was fantastic five shots blocked two off target two on target somehow only a 0.63 xg i think if you have him hold i think if you have a trade form for um, a player that's not really performing either take it bruno frustrating 0.48 expected assists two attempts one on target bruno with that yellow card typical bruno he'll break your heart as well one pointer or 12 pointer that's what you get with bruno if you could get Bruno traded, I think they've Burnley this week, so obviously hold them for that. But if you can see a more consistent top premium player for Bruno, I don't mind the trade. Um, if you see someone like Saka with another good player for Bruno, I don't think people will take that. But if you can work Bruno into a trade, I wouldn't be saying get rid of him. I still think, again, he's going to, you know, his stats are going to level out. But if you're fed up with him and you think you're going to get a very good player in for him, I wouldn't be yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think that's just a common theme over this weekend yeah. is the reason why a lot of players didn't return as well as we thought or didn't get as much points. It's just the the ball didn't land the way we wanted it. Yeah. Like like Bruno, the underlying stats were there, just didn't finish. Sterling, he played very well, just didn't finish. Like Chilwell was left out of the team. It's could have like, got an assist. You could have got an assist, so you could get starry eyed just basing it off this weekend and being very rash over this weekend. But yeah, as Nolsey mentioned, the, the underlying stats are there. Yeah, so we always like to go for the draft rule trifecta. Stats, fixtured, eye tests. So a lot of them are passing two out of the three. If you get three out of three, fantastic. If you have two out of three, fairly good decision. The other two players are, oh, well, obviously Hyland. He played okay up top. Um, I think he could be a good option. It's kind of relatively unknown of what he's going to do. So um, that might be a good option if someone's trading because... They don't know what he's going to be like. This could be a good option to a good time to get him because someone's like, ah, United aren't great, and he could be something that changes United teams around. I don't know. So his trade value is up in the air. The two players that I'm thinking about are defenders. Weirdly enough, United have been terrible defensively, but something's going to have to change. They play Burnley, Palace, Brentford, then Sheffield, City. Fulham, Luton, Everton. So in them next like 
eight games. They have Burnley, Sheffield, Fulham, Luton, Everton. Five very good fixtures. Wambasaka is now injured for a number of weeks, so Dallow is a shoe in right back. Shaw is injured, so Regulon, who didn't have a bad game for United, is a shoe in left back. So most of um, waivers, most of leagues will have these two players on it. If you want some way into the United defence and you think they're going to change it around, or if you just like that Burnley fixture, I think they're two good options. Again, United versus Burnley, nine times out of ten you're going to want one of these players. Burnley still look like a decent attacking side, and I'm not, I would be surprised if they scored. But again, you're looking at that fixture any other year, you're thinking, oh yeah, I'll, d- I'll definitely take a, a United defender. So, them two are options. In terms of Brighton, there was so much rotation, so much. They're in Europe and Desebri is just like Pep. So I'd be very hard to predict a team like the likes of Lalana and Adingra started. I suppose the main things of note are marches at 75%. So we're going to see massive rotation. The likes of Joe Pedro um, and Sufati came on and looked decent. So I'd like to be holding. And Sufati, I think he'll probably get in there. Long term, it just depends on rotation. He had one big chance which he missed. But I still think he's going to be a very good player for Brighton. He's the only one that I'd be recommending that's not very obvious. Obviously, Lamptey started and had two assists. He's another injury merchant, so I wouldn't be putting my eggs in Lamptey's basket. Brighton also have very hard fixtures. Apart from this week, they've they've Bournemouth, then they've Villa, Liverpool, City. So over the next four, they've three tough ones. After that, they have four very good fixtures. Fulham, Everton, Sheffield and Forest. So if you want to get into that Brighton team early now is the time because people are seeing that there's loads of rotation there's Villa City Everton or Villa City Liverpool on the horizon but after that it's just green fields <laughs> green fixtures so yeah I'd say I have a couple of Brighton players and I'm still happy to hold them for long term and one main point about Brighton is I think they're the new mini city what I mean by that is there's loads of rotation, but there's such an attacking team that even if the player you have comes on for half an hour, there's still a very good chance of them scoring. A lot of the time, they have teams dead and buried. They had United dead and buried. Yeah. Joe Pedro came on, got a goal. So even if you have the likes of Joe Pedro, I don't think you should get too frustrated because there's a good chance he starts random games and still returns. The likes of Fatty, I know he might start every game. Welbeck, they're frustrating because you don't know who's going to start. But it doesn't mean that they're not going to return. So probably be a bit patient with Brighton, even though there's massive rotation. You think stay away. They have some good fixtures and they're a very, very good side. Yeah. When you said they're like a mini city, one of their goals that they scored against United, they had 30 passes, 3-0 passes before they scored the goal. And that came from that came from steel in the goal. So it came all the way out the back. So it's, yeah. They have the potential. They also had two two missed big chances as well so they could have had more against United just shows how poor United defence are next game then was the game of the weekend Spurs against Sheffield Spurs coming out on top with a two Ange Ball is right what a game Uh, Spurs came winners with a 2-1 result referee luckily played 12 minutes Mm. at a time six Um, yeah there was a Bit of uproar from the Sheffield manager after the game. Just giving out about the officiating. I wasn't complaining on my side. Just a bit of roundup on the game. Spurs back four, the same as usual. Romero, Paro, Van de Ven, and Adogi. So that could be the the new Newcastle of um, of this year. Like Newcastle kept the most clean sheet last year. Um, I think Spurs could be that back four is very very dangerous. In terms of rotation, there wasn't much in terms of the starting 11. But Spurs did make five changes after the 80th minute. And it was those changes that were pivotal for Spurs' win. Just players to note would have been Richarlison, who I dropped off. He got a goal and an assist. And Brennan Johnson as well, who had a disallowed assist and a disallowed goal. So going forward, we'll be looking at Johnson. He did, did look that bit more dangerous I think than Richarlison I think it's just I have an affiliation of Richarlison watching him for so long um, with Spurs and just being so shit that I don't want to put him back in my team people could get starry eyed as we said just based off this weekend I think Richarlison could be a bit of an enigma again I know Spurs are playing very good football but me personally I wouldn't be looking at Richarlison it'd be Johnson 
looking in midfield, then Kulisewski, although he didn't get returns on the board, Kulisewski was playing out of his skin. I think he's won the most touches in the box in the Premier League this season. Kulisewski is a player that I would be looking at over the next few game weeks. Basuma, he's not, not the best in terms of uh, FPL returns, but he's just been, I just have to mention him because he's been uh, absolutely outstanding. I think he's the most interceptions out of any player in Europe's top five leagues. It was Basuma. Um, looking at fixtures then for Spurs, now we had had a couple of easy fixtures in the first one of games. Our next two is where we'll get a real understanding of Tottenham this year. They're playing Arsenal away, then they have Liverpool at home. So that'll be a massive test. We'll be keeping a close eye on this because after that, Spurs play Luton, Fulham, Palace and Chelsea. Spurs don't have any Europe as well. So when it does come to rotation, there is rotation, but these players will be brought on. Like five players brought on after the 88th minute. So if you if you do want to get into the Spurs side, there is a possibility of picking us up, picking us up like like uh, Brennan Johnson, who who might start, but when he does come on, has a possibility of returning. I will probably start a couple of them games. I'm sure he'll be given the nod and a couple, yeah. and very interesting to see how he gets on, and that might dictate whether he starts another game. It's going to be very hard for Ange to pick his team now after Johnson and Richardson played very well. Richardson, a proper meme, we said last yeah. last week, I said he's going to get sold in January. Yeah. And he just must have heard. Yeah. Richardson must have been listening to the podcast because he said, feck them too. Yeah. I'm going bang in a golden assist. So, absolute meme. Delighted for him at the same time. Yeah. Which is weird because I was like, ah, he's done, he's dushed. But, yeah, he could be another player going forward. Yeah. Spurs are just playing out of their skin at the moment and it's just a good vibe. Great vibe around the stadium. Fans are doing great. But, <laughs> It could it could all change after this weekend. Like after after the Arsenal game this weekend. Yeah, and Liverpool. Yeah, you, you'd like to see what their confidence would be like going back into them three games after them two games. So, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to the next two weeks. But yeah, Spurs. If you can get into them, they do look very good. And if you can't get into their starting eleven, as we said, Brendan Johnson or even Richarlison could be a shout there for you as well. Looking onto the Sheffield side, then. Sheffield were unlucky. They had some great chances from set pieces. That was the one area where I thought Spurs did look a little bit dodgy, was from set pieces. And that's where their goal came from. It came from a throw-in. Hammer got the goal then from the throw-in. The other things to note from that game is McBurney did get a second yellow, so he is suspended for the next game. I wouldn't be looking at Sheffield players. They have Newcastle next, West Ham and then they have Fulham, United and Arsenal. So Sheffield could be in a lot of trouble over the next few games. The only other player that I would look at is Fotheringham in goals. He had six saves in the first half. So Fotheringham did look decent for them. And look, Sheffield won't keep a clean sheet. Let's call a spade a spade. But if you're looking for a goalkeeper, Fotheringham could pick up some great save points. On to West Ham versus City. So... Standard enough West Ham team as usual. Alvarez and Suchek deep. Uh, the rest was fairly simple. James Ward-Prowse. Play, they all played deep. If you look at their heat map, they all played deep. But they're playing City. So they were pushed back. If you've seen City's average positions, it was just crazy. They were all just camped on the edge of the box. So, yeah, West Ham probably didn't get uh, the best look in against City because they're against City. But James Ward-Prowse did return goal and an assist by Soufal. The main rotation in West Ham was Kudos came on for Antonio up top. We did predict that he might play in that number 9 role. He got I think 20-30 minutes. So if he starts the next day or if he gets another 40 minutes we will see what he's really like. They're playing Liverpool next week unfortunately but then Sheffield after that we might get a better look at what West Ham are like in terms of attacking with all their new players in the team. City, I don't want to predict. I don't want to ever predict City's team. We did predict Doku would start, but that was fairly simple because Grealish was electric as well. Class. Grealish is out injury injured, and Doku just looked class. I think I I actually said in the podcast that he might be too attacking and and might play like Pep wanted. But when I watched it back, he did all the right things. He didn't dribble into players. He didn't dribble into nowhere. He was one of the main instigators from attack, apart from. Rodri because City were so camped uh, around the edge of the box and everyone's kind of 
set up to defend. Rodri gets so much time on the ball and he had loads of shots. He had a 1.12 expected assists, 0.2 expected goals. So overall a 0.13 expected goal involvement. Four key passes, two shots off target and two shots on target. So racking up them shots. He did get yellow unfortunately. That's kind of the fear with them CDMs, but usually he doesn't pick them up because they're in mm. possession so much. He was rated 9.0 on sofa score, so fantastic option going forward. I know a lot of people might just see him as a CDM, but he's getting in serious positions with time on the ball. Foden whipped four block shots, one shot on target, 67 minutes. It's kind of typical Foden, isn't it? Uh, you don't know how much he's going to play. When he does play, he's class, but... How many returns are we going to see from him? Um, if I was looking at someone like Diaby, I'd like a Diaby over Foden. I know it sounds ridiculous with Forrest coming up, but for the long term, especially with them in Europe, I think City's team, again, up in the air. But the only thing was that if you look at the bench, they didn't have many attacking options. They had no real attacking options to bring on. They brought on Nunez. Uh, they brought on Bob. So they didn't have anyone like a Grealish, what they usually have, like four or five players that could play anywhere. I know when they come back from injuries, they will be. But for now, City seem as set as they're ever going to be. In two weeks' time, that's going to change altogether. But they play Forest next weekend. So I know they have Europe, but I think a similar team might start. I think there could be shouts for the likes of Rico Lewis. If you really want to go outside the box and think he might get a start... Could be a shout, but again, that'd be a very big punt. Hoping that he either plays, starts, or doesn't play at all. Um, I'm presuming they're going to get a clean sheet, even though they have been poor this year. So, yeah, City fairly settled. I never thought I'd say that. Playing Forest and then Wolves. Two decent fixtures in terms of defensive and attacking assets. And then they play Ar- Arsenal. So, yeah, City have some good options, especially because they seem nailed. Alvarez again apparently undroppable by Pep that probably means he's going to be dropped next week and two assists so Alvarez looking like a very very good asset this year Doku obviously could be picked up available in a good few waivers which we will talk about City's overall stats they had 29 shots 15 of them on target so this really could have been five or six they had nine block shots. How Haaland didn't get a hat-trick, I will never know. How he didn't get four goals, I'll never know. <laughs> On a normal day, Haaland puts every one of them chances away. They had six big chances missed, and I think five of them were Haaland's. So, again, same old city. Absolutely banging goals. And they should have scored more and probably will score 3-4 against Forest next week. Hopefully you can get a little piece of that pie from the city attackers. Our final game was the Monday night game. So it was Forrest versus Burnley. I suppose there's only really a couple of options to talk about here. There was a bit of a change in the Forrest team. We said that they bought loads of new players, so it was very hard to predict who started. Callum Hudson-Odoi did start and played very well. Banged a goal and looked like one of their better players. We know he was a good player for Chelsea. I thought he might play a bit deeper if they played the wing-backs. They played a 4-2-3-1. That might have been because they're playing the likes of Burnley. That might be the same setup every day, but if it is, the likes of Hudson Adoy obviously gives White Alanga and obviously Awana Awani are going to be options. In terms of Burnley, Foster unfortunately got a red card, so he will be out for game week six and the first game of game week seven. So he could have been a great option for that double game week. Mightn't be anymore. It's only a single game week. So Amdouni is probably the best option up front and is probably nailed now fantastic finish for the goal a couple of options there to monitor but two relatively well Forrest actually pretty good this uh, this season so mm. them four attackers are what you're looking at Aina played left back and was a bit deeper Aurier picked up an injury unfortunately uh, that would, would have been a good fixture for him but yeah fortunately we lost a couple of game weeks there for um, possibly good striker so I'm Dooney and the Forest boys, Callum Hudson and Adoy thrown in there are very good options going forward. That kind of nicely segues into our questions. We answered one already, Awoni or Jackson. On current form, it's going to have to be Awoni. As we said, it's probably going to be very tough to get a trade trade over the line for Awoni. If you own him, 
you are happy out fella that's returning has returned him and Salah I think are the only two that have returned in every game so far did Hallam blank no. I think Hallen actually blanked as well so you're, th- you're throwing a one in with the likes of Salah and Hallen so that's what you're going to be looking at in terms of people's evaluation on them they're going to be looking at them as a premium if you picked up a one fantastic well done I hope he keeps going uh, if you look at statistics uh, his statistics are pretty good obviously overperforming but yeah if he keeps performing this way maybe he's a better pick a better player overall we said very early on he looks like a, a prime Lukaku and even his assist for Hudson Adoy's goal took it down on the chest laid it off literally what you want from a striker um, assists goals he's got it all He, I think he has around returns in the last 10 games I'd say taking last season into consideration he was in a run of it was a six or seven goals in a row in, in every in every in his last six or seven games. But since then, he he still has managed to get returns. So even though he if he if he doesn't get the goals, he has the likes of Alanga, um, Morgan Gibbs White, and as Nosy mentioned, Hudson Odoi around him now. So he can he can Provide, get assists. Yeah, exactly. So if if Farah scores, he's probably going to be involved. I know they have a couple of tough fixtures coming up. So maybe he is by looks of it I never thought I'd say it looks a bit fixture proof at this stage returns against the likes of Chelsea and stuff so Awoni would be a definite keep and you'd have to be offered someone fairly good to take him off your hands um, if you're trading for him I think you'd have to give a bit much away but if you have him you could probably get a lot for him so he's a very valuable player fair play if you have him we have answered a good few questions throughout the podcast we said Chilwell probably a hold Stones could have a chance could have a chance to get him back in for game week 7 if he's on your waiver I'd still pick him up Grealish now has big competition from Doku both of them are probably going to be rotated Doku seem, seems like a shoe in for the next game but that depends on Europe there was a question about James what to do with James I think Gusto's probably in there for the next two game weeks and then James they mentioned the international break which was game week 9 I think um, if you have him just hoard him on your bench hope he comes back and hope he is fit they've said that about a lot of players so they've said oh, international break is they probably just put a little timeline I on I think it. that's the timeline is after international break is when they're back it's just another, it's another, t- another two weeks on top of that so they're given like five four five weeks six weeks nearly to for players to get back fit so yeah it could be before that but probably will be international break unfortunately we thought he'd be back even this game week I, you know by the Instagram we put up um, <laughs> everyone got got a bit excited so probably hold him if he is your way, on your waiver I'd still pick him up and again if you're paying 38 games James is going to be a good hold unless he does a DCL and just gets injured consistently the question was about Jota and Jota is kind of like the Gakpo rotating decent Liverpool side that look like they're going to attack he's not very good trade value I think someone asked me about Jack no, sorry, uh, Gakpo on Instagram and I just said you've got to hold and just hope he starts and returns and maybe get a trade over the line Jota would be a bit more of a hold for me than Gakpo I won't like putting players that are on big teams on the waiver but if you can get a, a trade over the line for Gakpo from like a relatively poor team that might um, have a striker that's playing, probably a good decision to get rid of him now. I wouldn't be holding him now and see saying like, well, he scored the last way. He played poor, played very poor and played up top. The uh, Liverpool had nothing going for them when they had Gakpo up top until they put Luis Diaz on. So he nearly played himself out of the team, apart from the goal, which might be good for owners to get a trade over the line. Liverpool do have a few tasty fixtures coming up. Everton, Forest, Luton, 9, 10 and 11. The likes of Jota, as I said, they're players that might come on for 20 or 30 minutes and get a return. That's what you're hoping for the likes of Jota. Very frustrating player to have in the draft because he could be that one-pointer. And especially with Europe, and I think this is a kind of a good place to leave it on, especially with Europe... If you're looking to win a head-to-head game, them two and three pointers, I know they might seem boring. I don't like to play it too safe myself. But after a couple of game weeks where I got like a zeros and ones, I was like, I need to get players that are definitely playing in here. 
the more minutes, the more chance of return. I know fixtures and all that come into it, but if you're whittling it down to like 20 minutes cameo, you're looking at a one-pointer or hoping, hoping that they return. So they are frustrating players. Maybe you want to play it safe, especially with Europe um, thrown into the mix, or you want to target players that aren't playing in Europe that are shoe-ins for their team. Might seem boring, but could get you the W. Join us back again on Thursday, where we will give you the full list of waivers that we are suggesting. We have essentially given you many, many waivers and possibilities over the course of the whole hour. But on Thursday, we are going to give that finalized list who we think is going to play, what percentage they are owned and how available they are. So we're going to use our stats based off 10 man leagues. We'll break it down into different percentages so that no matter what size league you are in, you will have options. So we will catch up on Thursday with our full list of players that are hopefully going to get you the W this week. Draft Joe out. Boom. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha!